We start off this first question we ask everybody. When you got to the league and you like start playing and stuff, who's the first player to like bust your ass? When I first got to the league? Yeah. Oh man. When I first got to the league, it was probably Kevin Garnett. I mean, we, we went hand to hand, you know. I had I had 38, I think Garnett had like 44. And that was the first time I felt like, all right, this is a real league right here, like this, you know what I'm saying? This ain't no joke out here, yeah, yeah. playing it every night. All right, man, y'all tuning in live, bro. We still live on location, Chi-Town, Illinois. You know what I'm talking about? We got my dog in the building. Yeah, yeah. Stizzle, Amari Stoudemire in the building, man. Y'all tune in, lock in. We about to talk a whole lot, a whole lot of Phoenix, New York, Israel. My dog got a lot to say. Wine baths, you don't know what might come up. We about to do this. It's your boys, Q Rich and D Miles. Knuckleheads. Shout out to the podcast. Season two. Ain't how we thinking, ain't what we do. Like, it's just like. How did y'all come up with that? Yeah, Is this thing on? Well, well, scripted. We kind of just get into it. We come from an authentic OG standpoint. You weren't winning with just one star player. The league had changed. This is a story that people don't know. This dude had my shoes on, right? He just talking hot mess. You know, we were just young and wanted to prove ourselves, and you were in the way. <laughs> This is nice, man. Pour me some Henny. Yo. It's a great, it's a great, it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling. 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 You, um, I went straight out of high school. I feel like that's like a fraternity, secret, secret fraternity. No question. It's only a few of us, you know what I'm saying, to make it and even just be here and play on that level straight out from high school. And I know you went through a, a crazy journey. I went through two high schools. I went to two high schools. Then I went straight out of high school. Like, tell us about like your journey on your high schools, like from your freshman year all the way to your like senior year. I had to make decisions on my own. My mom was a gangster, so she was always locked up in and out. And my dad died when I was 12. Mm-hmm. So I was going to Lake Wells High School in Florida. And I started hanging around the wrong crowd, so my grades started dropping. And so I transferred. I went to my coach and said, listen, I gotta, if I stick around here, I won't, you know, I won't stay eligible. So I got to transfer. And he said, well, there's two options you can go to, Oak Hill Academy or Mount Zion. Oak Hill Academy, all boys school, local, the next convenience store is a 30-minute walk. I'm like, nah, all boys school, I can't do it. It's Mount Zion, Tracy McGrady went there. Right, I remember that. Came out of high school. So I was like, all right, cool, I go to Mount Zion. When I got to Mount Zion, mm. Mount Zion was a basketball factory. Yeah. Right? I was that was how they was for. Yeah. I was up there with fifth year, seniors and fifth-year seniors, and I was a freshman going into my sophomore year. Yeah. And everybody was like top players in the country. And these cats was running the football. We used to go to Duke Football Stadium, Wallace Wade, run, touch every step around, shaped like in a U-shape. Yeah. You got to touch every step around and back. Man. So I was like, man, what is this? <laughs> I went, up. man, I'm not, I'm not running this stadium. So you first, like my first day of school, man, it was like 6 in the morning. Coach, wake us up. All right, put us a, give us a gallon of water. There you go. Drink this. What's going Drink on? Drink a gallon of water. Jump on, the bus is ready. Get on the bus, go to Duke Football Stadium and run. He said run around and back. Like, what? You see the side of the stadium, man? <laughs> I got halfway, I got around, and halfway back, I got to the top, put my back on the wall, like on the like on the like on the bleachers. Uh-huh. 
And I slid down, and it was over. I laid down, and I was done. Yeah. That's when I realized this is a basketball factory. This is what they do. This is, I, went, I went to school, out to school, back to the gym. Yeah. This was every day. So I realized at that point, like, I got to start getting this weight room. I got to start training my body properly. Yeah. This is my sophomore year. Mm. And so from that point on, I started taking basketball, like, to a whole new level. A whole new level. And that's when I became, like, the top player in the country. Because my freshman year, I was only the top 100 in the state. Yeah. Which I wasn't even ranked in the country. In the country, yeah. And I started playing AAU basketball. Because I didn't play basketball organized until I was 14. Yeah. And Florida's a football state. Right. Yeah. So they got all football programs and baseball programs. And so, until the Junior Magic came into play in Florida, in Orlando, like in the Central Florida area, mm-hmm. around, I think, 98 or so, yeah. that's when I first started playing basketball, organized with a coach, out of bounds, referees. <laughs> right. I was 14. Yeah. And then from that point on, I was drafted to 18. Yeah. So, four years of playing organized basketball, that's pretty, I was there. That's cool. once I got to the league, well, even before then, like with my pre-draft workouts, man, I remember my first workout, my pre-draft workout. My man say... He said, dribble left hand, dribble to the left twice, spin back, up and under. I ain't know what he was talking about, man. <laughs> man I went to the left and just took off. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to just bang this Right. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to say what I'm talking about. Though. My dog, Drew Gunn, said, man, he said, when, from, that Diego. Fir- Diego. He said from that first workout to the next time we took, to when I saw you in summer league, he said, I've never seen a player improve so much in that short period of time. Because <laughs> yeah. at the time, I didn't know a lot of things I didn't know because yeah. I was only been playing organized basketball for four years. Yeah. So I didn't know the fundamentals or how to do anything yeah. kind of like in a structured way. I was learning at the time. My high school coach was like, hey, this kid, this kid's great. Just go out there and play. Yeah. So that's you know what I'm saying? So for, for you, like a lot of people say, man, it was, it, was a, it was hard. It was a long. Do you really feel like it was hard for you to make the NBA? Like you started playing at 14, four years later, you getting drafted number nine in the NBA. Like yeah. it, was that? Did it seem? I know you went through transferring and doing it, but I'm talking about from a strictly basketball standpoint. Did it seem like this was like something that was the hardest thing in your life to do? It wasn't. It wasn't. It didn't feel hard at all, man. I felt I'm like telling you, I felt like it was a God gift. You know what I'm saying? I was all. I was tall. I was athletic, and I was always quick and fast. Even when I played football, all my years I played football, I was always fast and quick. You know what I'm saying? Then I grew, and then I was proportioned. It wasn't like I was like war size 20 shoe right. and only 6'4". You know what right. I'm saying? Like I was, I was evened out. So it made it that much easier to be like organized you or coordination or coor- coordinated. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? And so I was able to, it, it, all, it all just manifest during my like sophomore, junior high school. What would you say, because I can remember when I first met you, at Jordan Camp in Santa Barbara, you, Jared Jack, was the young boys. That was who you kind of hung tight with then. Jack. Jack, yeah. Yep. Shout out Jared Jack. That was yep. your, you know what I'm saying? Yep. I was cool. Yeah. But I just remember you being like super raw, super, but like relentless. I'm going to go through you, over you, around you. However I got to get to it, I'm about to get to it. And I'm going hard. Like, that was yeah. the one thing. I was like, man, this boy got a motor. He played hard. Like, he played hard. Like, where did you get that from? You think that was from you moving around a lot or trying to, you know, like you say when you was in a tough neighborhood or whatever. That's why I feel like I get my grit and grind from from the, from the hood aspect and stuff. Where do you think you got that relentless nature from and that, that motor where you, boy, I'm about to go. I'm getting there. Like, even when I got to the Suns, that's what I remember. This boy, remember me calling you? 
Well, I'm Todd Cossack, yo. Well, he's calling me all the time. So, like, this boy Amari, dog. He, <laughs> this boy got, first of all, he got, that was the first thing. I said, this boy got mitts. Yeah. He got Connie Hawkins' hands, dog. He, he got a ball and just wave it around. Then he, boom. Everything he do sound like a, ooh, ooh. He done everything with so much authority making noise. I'm like, man, what is happening right now? Like, <laughs> like where that come from? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It was something natural that took place. I mean, it was just like the swag of when I played, I always wanted to kind of have like a, like a certain persona on the way I finish. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The rim. Um, and it just kept developing that, you know, since I was a kid, I just wanted to have like a certain a certain way I attacked the rim. Yeah. And I wanted to make noise every time. You, you did that. You wanted the defenders to know. Like, you heard him know. Through, he like. said, I want to make noise. He literally, ooh, all this stuff. Be looking crazy, swelling up afterwards, come down. He had dunked that thing, still going up. Like, boy, I remember in the playoffs at, in Memphis when you banged on Stromile. Oh, my. He, he threw it. <laughs> the man hit his wrist and he overpowered him. He tried, you know, he tried to block this. He tried to block this out, but he caught that wrist. Stack cocked back and threw it on him like and came down like I said, oh my you I was screaming, I was like, oh hey, you my hype man, bro. I, hey, bro, I was like, hype man, boy. I always used to see hey, him look. on the job. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I'm coming into the pigeon yeah. chest bumping and screaming right. at him. Right. Hey, like man. celebration what? every time. Every bro. time get me hype. Like, hey, every time. Look, I wish I could do that what he just did, but I'm about to go crazy out here for you. You remember dunking on him at Jordan Camp, right? Mm. You don't remember that? I talk mm. shit to you. I talk bad to you about that. Cause we was, cause this, this is when I knew. You don't remember, bro? He caught the rebound and just went up like, ah, bro. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. I didn't count that as a dunk. Nah, cause back then, look, I counted it. Cause back then, he was beating up everything. He was swat, man. Swat patrol. I got a goddamn eraser out here. Why? Man, and that's why I say it was like it was all it was nasty, raw. Like he got the rebound. Boom! I said. Oh shit! I said he just. <laughs> I count that. Hey, you know, hey, you know what was interesting, man. Like, I had I want I don't know where it came from, but I had no fear. Nah, that's a saying? fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. Like bro. a lot of times, guys get drafted. You get you see like these players that are like gods on earth, basically, right? You mm-hmm. see, I'm like, man, this dude, like, that's how we look at, at him. Yeah, like, He's man, shaking. this like, jeez. But for me, I like my fear was gone. You wanted them. I want. I want. I wanted all that. Yeah, that's, that's how mine was. Like I said, it was going from nervousness. I was. I was being nervous when my mom made me concentrate. This before I even got to the concentrate on. That's not nervousness. That's not butterfly. That's you so anxious, right? To get out there and show what you can do. It's true. So when when I used to feel some, or even if I felt like I felt something coming into a big game or anything, I felt it like I, I psyched myself out. I guess so. To be like I'm anxious to get out there and get That's on true. whoever mm-hmm. I'm finna play or whoever yeah. I'm finna go against. Yeah, that was one Mom's thing about right, us. As soon as we got to the league, it was like we was out here so hard trying to prove ourselves. Same so we right. was going Same hard. We were going at whoever they know yeah, that whoever. whoever. And I feel like that's what gained us the respect because it was like we don't care who you is. Right. I remember one of your probably one of your first real crazy highlights. I was in the game. It was against. The Clippers over Olua Candy. You oh, remember yeah. that? Oh, man. man. <laughs> when Steph making the crazy yo, face. The crazy face. I was literally in the game. I said, yo, 
this young boy ain't playing. He just dropped the hammer and went up a whole nother level and just hung up there on Oluwai. Oluwai seven feet. He wasn't like no real, like just thrashing people's shots, but he went up to get this one. And he right. went, and hell, you know, he had them miss. And boy, I said, oh, God. Yeah, man. Whole crowd. I'm talking the building was buzzing for right, like was crazy. next three, four possessions. Right. Boy, it, it was, was crazy. Stupid. I remember that. I, remember, I just remember that play. All because of Steph face. Yeah, right. Steph Marbury made the crazy. Like, yeah, like, that's nasty. Man. It was stupid. Tell you when you got when you got drafted, who did you think you was gonna go to? Did you think you was gonna go to the Suns or you thought you was gonna go somewhere else? I mean, I had my pre-draft workouts. Yeah, and uh, the most success I had in my pre-draft workouts was in Phoenix. I mean, I had two workouts back-to-back days, and they both were, like, off the charts. Yeah. So I figured Phoenix might take me at, at nine. Yeah. But I, I knew the Miami Heat wanted me at eight. They had the 10th pick, and they wanted to move up to eight. And then the Orlando Magic also wanted to move up to get me as well. So I was, like, wasn't totally sure what's going to happen as far as teams being, being able to move up. But I knew for a fact that Phoenix wanted me for sure. Yeah. So she was happy with Phoenix. Yeah, no question. I always wanted to ask you, what was the difference between Stephon Marbury being your point guard and Steve Nash hmm. coming in and, and being your point guard? What was the difference that you had so much more success with Steve that you might I mean, I had been? success with Steph. You did? It you was did. premature, man. We had Frank Johnson as the head coach, and we had, a, we had a young nucleus. You know what I'm saying? We had young players. And I think with Steph – um, I'm not sure why they why they traded Steph. It wasn't really based upon basketball and thing. I'm not sure what was going on. But me and Steph had a great relationship. Yeah. You know, we hung out all the time. He was schooling me to the game and I was locked in. Steph and I was always like a one two. Yeah. And so I think the system is what switched up the flow. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We had when we if, if Steph would have been there with the system of Mike D'Antoni, I feel we'd have had a similar success. Mm-hmm. You know, being that, you know, up tempo style. Steph is off, also offensive-minded guard. You know what I'm saying? He can pass the rock also. So he would have fit perfectly in that system. But at that time, it was Frank Johnson the head coach. And yeah. We had a different system. Um, and so when they traded all the – when they traded like six guys, they traded, I mean, Penny, Steph, Googs. They traded yeah. a lot of guys on that, that, that following year. Yeah. And then that summer, that upcoming summer, we went and got Steve Nash. And then the system changed with Mike D'Antoni. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's Steve Nash success. and Q. Yeah, 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 yeah. facts. And, and then, yeah. And then the system became more of a – it was a different system from what I had with Steph. You see what I'm saying? So Steve stepped in and, into a new system with these young players, me, Q, Sean, Joe. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And that system just, just – Just talk about – how sick that was! Like, just remember how many times we would be on the bench? Like, once it started really happening, and we were smacking people, we were sitting there on the bench talking to each other, we looking back and forth. We can get used to this. Yeah, no In this question. Fourth quarter, like eight minutes to go, we chilling, getting iced up for real, up a dub plus. Crazy, people looking crazy. We looking crazy at each other, not really knowing what's going on. Then right. we got to that certain point. Remember, Seattle was like the other team that was doing well. We had like a showdown with yeah. them in Seattle. Yeah. They was talking right. about it. Yeah. We came in that thing and it was like, okay, they they for real now. Yeah, like. Put some respect on them. Y'all came out of out of nowhere dominating. Y'all was beating teams by like 30, 40. We one of the teams y'all beat by 30, 40. <laughs> I remember you had the 55 game. You had 55 against us. You shot 24 for 28 from the field. 
20 of them was dunks. I remember that year so vividly. I, you was arguably the best big man in the league that year. Did that feel like different? I know you young. You ain't been in the league that long. and I was in the league maybe two years, yeah, maybe. Yeah, like <laughs> it felt like you that surpassed. Third year, I think my third year, maybe. You, I remember, I remember watching the game y'all played against uh, the Timberwolves, and you was dogging ticket ass. And I just see Q just all in the background, just yeah. geeking you yeah. up. Like, yeah, get her yeah. here. I brought yeah. the truth with me. All the, I just remember watching that game vividly. But that year was so amazing for y'all that I thought I was so mad that Q got traded the next year. But how did you feel to feel like like I'm here? You had all the success that year. You know, you know, it was like my style of game was like based off speed and athleticism and quickness. At the time, a lot of bigs didn't have that. And with the force, you know what I'm saying. So I was able, I was able, I was able to somewhat utilize my speed, quickness, and force all, all at the same time. So, so when I realized that that was a competitive edge that I had, then I was able to somewhat take over the games. You know what I'm saying. I started realizing, all right, cool. If I just slow down, use my skill set, and be able to just let the game come to me it becomes much easier and I still can get to what I need to get to. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I was able to like to be dominant at that moment. And I was just trying to, I was trying to tear the rim down every chance and, I got. And, and Steve was setting the table, bro. I'm oh. telling you, people always would ask us, what do y'all do? Y'all be running and doing? We sitting there, we keep up with him. Right. You want to score, you keep. We would literally, remember they say, uh, you know, certain teams say the four men take the ball out of bounds or the five men like, Psh. nah, Steve Nash, Catch it out the rim, whoever the closest to it. We don't even want the ball to touch the ground. Get it in and go. Right. He would catch the ball sometimes one, two steps over the half court at the hash mark, and he got the big man, and he about to bop, bop, and he bam and dunking on him before you know it. Right. Yeah. That's no offense. Like, we would, man, Coach D would throw a play in here and say, if we get to this, like, right. all right, guys, <laughs> right. all right, guys, if right. we get to this, like, if, they, if we get offense, we get an even rebound, we're going to just go first. Yeah. That's the first thing. Because we had ball players, man. We had guys that didn't have a position, really. Everybody can y'all, play the game. Y'all was actually small in a league that had first seven footers ball. out yeah. there. Yeah, it was first small Y'all ball. was first small right, ball. Right, because I played when Mike put me at the five. <laughs> they started the first game, they started Jake Bosch and I came off the bench, though. Remember the first, yeah. great first game, but then something happened when he got a coach. I got in quick, and we took off, and the next game, I started at halftime, yeah. and that was it. That, that was, was it, all bro. She he started Jake Vosk the very, very, very first game. Yeah. Halftime, that's, that changed, and then it was over with for I the rest of the season. I couldn't understand it. I was like, man, they're going to get out-rebound <laughs> And Sean, like, a, a key piece Tricks, of that. Yeah. Like, Tricks he was, was rebound. He, yeah. he, he, he was the tricks. Yeah, yeah he right. was grabbing 10 boys a game Locking almost. Locking up yeah. big boys yeah. and everything. Guard Locking one through up. five. Yeah. One through five. And yeah. you had yeah. Joe being a point guard for real that nobody, yeah. like, they didn't even know Joe was this cold. Right. That opened up his whole market. Remember, we was trying to get, like, $36 million before the season. Yeah. They were scared. That man waited and got double that. Do, so do y'all think experience made y'all lose the Spurs series? I think so. Yeah, they had. I mean, they were so locked so. in, bro. They was our Achilles heel that entire year. That right. entire year, they almost beat us. The room they pop set everybody, and they almost still beat us. It, yeah, was, it was it was ridiculous. It's experience, man. They had a, they had a cold system, and they, and they ran it to a T. Yeah. And they, they the experience they had of like, you know, end of quarters, how to how to execute end of quarters, end of halves, end of games, draw fouls, the small details that they experienced throughout the years. Was, was elevated. And the adjustments. Right. 
we didn't adjust. We right. played. We we like they we remember what we talked about all the time. We allowed them to put Tony Parker on me and my new Jalobi on right. Joe and not post them up. Yeah, yeah. We because made no we stuck to the just right. And remember, we were saying that the whole time we got like, hot what? too. We're like, yo, man, man we got to make like, adjustments. Man, like, we gotta put like put these man. You know what I yeah. did to him, and you know what Joe would have did to him on the post. We right. that was the advantage. We didn't. He he didn't never other, he never right. he didn't like that way to play. He he wanted to have movement and all that. He felt like. Even remember when he used to try and do plays, he would have us do all this, cut off this. I used to be like, man, all I got to do is screen Amari. He come and drop it to remember. Right, Same way you used throw to do right, for me, the post. bro. Like, that's it. He used to want all of this motion and stuff. And that was like, by the time you get to too it. Much yeah, by the yeah, time you get to down. it, they can find you. And a good defensive team, too. So you, can't, you ain't got yeah. much time. Man, San Antonio ain't on that. They, you already know. And Phoenix, right. because everybody was, you know, everybody was eating. Yeah. It wasn't just one player scoring 30, one player doing this. Everybody had big and, nights on uh, any given and we, night. And we was all selfless. Right. Like that. Because yeah. I cause you, you was able to, but you was able, we were able to be that way. What made it easy? Like we all were, you know, we were good dudes. We we had we had great relationships. That's what really, the core of what made us work was our relationships, our togetherness. Right. When we came together that, that month of August and September before, like, we literally we hung out. Right. We hung out, played dominoes, played cards, had barbecues, and right. Nash was there. Nash was there. That's what I'm telling you. That's Nash was there. Mm-hmm. Nash was one of the like, guys, man. Even night, like, white dude, Canadian. He he ain't gonna be Nash Steve in the going mix. out with us on the road right. to the hood clubs right. with us. Right. Yeah. Doing him. Right. But like what it was 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 he allowed all of us to be a better version of ourselves because we knew he was gonna take care of you. Right, you yeah. didn't have to worry about it. You, you didn't worry have about to it. worry about. Hey, I gotta take this shot this time because if I don't get the ball, because the way I, I, offense went, it was so funny that I might not get the ball for six, seven straight possessions, but then I might get it the next five straight. He might not get it for four or five, and then the best part about Steve Nash is that he had an intuition. Hold on, Amari starting to feel kind of like this. Let me get him a play. I don't give a fuck what the play is. I'm gonna do this. Oh, Q starting to get attitude. He ain't got a shot in a minute. Let me go run in front of him and just scoop the ball and scream yeah. his man and give him a three. Jumper. Like yeah. He, he gonna he gonna when I say he gonna put it, he gonna cater it to you. I don't care what's going on, and he ain't gonna do it. It ain't gonna be disrespectful to coach. It ain't gonna be disrespectful to the play. He just was cold. Man. You know what I'm saying? He was gonna ask out this. The, the next year that y'all played, y'all didn't have Q no more. Y'all didn't have the same team. Like what? What you felt like? I didn't know what was going on, man. Because I wasn't. I wasn't like all the way looped in on what was going on in the all seasons. It just started yeah. happening. You know what I'm bro. saying? And things start happening. I'm happening. like, man, hold on. What's going on? Like it wasn't the same. No, where my guys at? Yeah. You know, and it felt different. And then Joe, then the next year, Joe was gone. Nah, Joe left the same year. I left. We both left the same right. year. So I'm like, hold on, man. Yeah. Like what? Like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I ain't know what I was hot, man. I'm not gonna lie. We I was feel big like we hot. We needed another shot at it, bro. We knew yeah. we got us one. We I was knew. big hot. I was big hot. And Joe, Joe only wanted like a certain amount of money. That's what I said. The he was gonna settle for less. Man, they tripped. He but was then signed they were, a less contract. Yeah, man. he was signed for a lot. He was signed for like 30, bro, 40 million six, less than what wanted, he ended up getting. He wanted six years, thirty-six <laughs> million at the beginning of the season. Six Sorry years, thirty-six million. Sorry, got skittish because he had just signed me and Steve Nash. And he didn't want it like everybody, Rex Chapman, David Griffin was like, bro, we have to do this. You got to sign, Joe. We have to like. Got to keep Q. We, you see we need one happened? more shot at it. 
Q was a three-point champ that year in the three-point shootout. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We had all-stars on the squad. We got a squad building chemistry. Yeah, yeah I dominated that all-star. Yeah. About, remember this at all-star, though? Remember they didn't want to let me in and Steve Nash had the big boy on? Yeah. They, they was trying to say that my my field goal percentage, even though I le- I was leading the league in makes and attempts at this point, they were saying my percentage didn't meet the standards or whatever. Steve Nash, that then like the like the gangster he is. Steve Nash, what you telling people don't know. Yeah. Steve Nash one of the realest ever. Yeah, he is. Ever. Man. That boy mm. used to be with us. You right. hear me? Right. With us. Mm. Doing him, but with us. Right. Everywhere. That's yeah. what made us so good. But right. Steve Nash told them people they wanted Steve Nash being in uh the skills competition. You know, he's Steve Nash, they want him in it. Man, Steve's all right. Q ain't gonna be in that like he's supposed to be. I'm not gonna be in that. In the three point contest, huh. then I go out there and say, You know what? I'm gonna win this thing to go ahead and make my boy move look right and make y'all look crazy for trying to play with me anyway. You know what I'm mm, saying? Right, like we 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 sweat, we cleaned the house, yeah, we did. We repped that weekend, boy. Yeah, Phoenix we was in the building, two all star skills do? challenge Man. and a three point champ. Yeah. And the little thing with Dan Marley and Tricks and oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, was it Tarasi with him? Tarasi yeah, was yeah, like you him. feel me? They won that little thing. We won they everything, won that, yeah. boy. We rap. Yeah. We came back like they thinking like, man, remember we had bro, we had cartoons. Yeah, Funny gun sons, where they come, we running, they playing the drums, we passing, Steve Nash passing, we shooting threes, he dunking. It was like a cartoon in Phoenix, yeah, bro. We facts. Were, well, we was so on <laughs> On um, big on, um. <laughs> I had never seen. Talk about. Remember when when we landed in Dallas for the first time when Steve Nash went back. Right, craziest scene ever. And them fans was nuts, man. At the airport when we landed, nuts. they there for Stevie boy. That's what yeah. I what I used to call him, Stevie on the strip. Yep. Every game, it ain't on until Stevie go in that bathroom and throw that wood in his head. That's when it's time to run out, ain't it? It ain't time to run out until Steve do that. I promise. That's the that's the indicator. We about right. to get out of here. Man. So free agent come after you you be with with Phoenix and you you, you set your mark. You you dominating in the league. Your household name. You go to the Knicks. Like why the Knicks? Like what made you choose the Knicks? Well, I wanted to resign with Phoenix. Okay. That was my ultimate goal, and I sat down with with the owners and, and the staff and the coaches, and we 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 told them about the plans and we trying to negotiate. And the negotiating tactic was he came to me and said, "Well, we got guys that's going to replace you tomorrow." I'm like, what? "What? We just we just got to the we just we went to the Western Finals four years out of five, out of six years. We just got to the semifinal. We lost to the Lakers with an air ball shot that run our test hit." caught it and scored in the last second. We got a chance to we got a chance to still win a title. And you come to me like like this, I'm looking like, listen, man, I just averaged twenty six a game. First team all NBA. Put on. And you coming at me like this, like well, we got a chance we got a chance to win a title here. So I was like, listen man, here's here's the criteria. You know, if we can make this happen, we can keep the ball rolling. Yeah. We got a great medical staff. Yeah. We got a great one two combination with myself and Steve. Don't change it up. He was like, oh, well, I don't know. Just then the third. So, All right, cool. Free agency, hit, free agency hit. Miami called me. Houston called me. New York called me. So I'm thinking, like, what would be the best scenario? Miami wasn't quite sure what's going on as far as with their third. They're trying to get LeBron. Everyone's trying to get LeBron at this point. And Bosch and D-Way got the same agent. So they are, they're, they're working out their kinks. LeBron's still trying to figure out where you want to go. And I can't sit around and wait to see what someone else gonna do. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I was like, you know what? I got I got history with Mike D'Antoni. 
I was raised in New York. I was in New York for seven years of my childhood years. So I was like, yeah. I love New York City. It's a great chance to not only not only turn the team around, but also build my brand off the court. So I'm like, I'm going to New York. Yeah. So I went and met with Mike, and I met with the owners of New York, and I sat down with them, and the situation was perfect for me. And I was like, all right, let's do oh, it. No, it looked good, man. When you, especially when you first hit down in there, like yeah. it was rocking. It was you could feel it coming. Yeah, I, w- I want you to talk about how it was because, you know, we know how the landscape of everything is, and a lot of dudes are afraid to step up into that New York Knicks Madison Square Garden and say, "I'm gonna be that dude. I'm gonna be that guy." And you know what come with it. You know the criticism, the the scrutiny, the the spotlight, everything. And I felt like you was that dude that stood up amongst the superstars, the max guys, and was like, I ain't tripping. Like, what's up? Like, let me. And then, not only that, stood up, accepted the time, but then when you got there, was putting it down. This is my take. That trade was a horrible trade for Melo when they could have just waited to the offseason and signed him and added it with all of that y'all, y'all had and y'all on. Right. You was the first one. And still to this day, they ain't really doing it. I mean, Melo was next, and he stepped up. I mean, as far as forcing the trade and coming through and accepting and signing back and saying, I'm going to be that dude. But for real, you was the first one of the big boys, the big-name guys, whatever you want to call them, that stepped up to that plate and then handled it and didn't it was and was unfazed. Right. You got that start taking wine baths, bro. What's <laughs> up? Yeah, you know what? I can't, I can't be his after, man, the wine baths. <laughs> but I was, all, I, was all, I was engulfed in New York, man. I made New York my home. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I was going to I was going to the Met Galas, the top fashion galas in the world. I was going to the operas. I was going to all the Broadway shows. I was in the mix with the people in New York. How did you get so cultured though? Like from coming from Florida, where you came from, transferring around, going through different scenarios and stuff. Then you, like when I met you, and you know what I'm saying, you straight out of high school, still had braces. I remember you missing shoot around, like, I'm not coming. I can get these braces off. And they was like, well, he like, no, nah, I'm not coming. Like, you know what I'm yeah, saying? But yeah. like going from there, from being a country boy from Florida, you know what I'm saying, to now you got, you you at, like you say, all of the top fashion shows, you you got this, you got a a a, a, a really pristine taste in art. You got wines, all of these different things that no one, like, 12, 13 year old, you didn't think that did or did you? No, I mean when I was when I was thirteen or so, I had already lived in New York for quite some time. I was already there for like four or five years, mm. so I had already kind of experienced the New York taste when mm-hmm. I was when I was young. Because I left I left Florida in the third grade. Mm-hmm. My mother and our family we moved to New York, and I was there until like this eighth grade, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then from there I moved back to I moved to Atlanta, and then I moved back to Florida. So my, I was well cultured as a kid because we moved around and traveled a lot. Right. And then so when I got in the NBA, I wanted that to keep happening. Uh, and Phoenix was a great, it was great for me from a basketball standpoint because it wasn't so much to do, it wasn't a lot to get into. And I would focus on basketball almost, you know what I'm saying, 80% of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted more. I was wanting more. But I was putting winning over wanting more. So I was willing to stay in Phoenix just to win. But if that wasn't going to happen then I want to achieve more. So then I said, you know, I'm going to go to New York. When I first got there, I went to the Broadway shows. I start, you know what I'm saying, learning how the culture is in New York City. And then once I signed, um, the goal was to not only be, you know, the guy on the basketball team to help bring the, the, the organization back, but also show the world what New York has to offer. 
to help recruit other players to come to New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's when I was like, you know what? Let me get all the way engulfed in New York. Let me go to the Met Gala's. I'm going to get into fashion shows. I'm going to sit down at the front row of the fashion shows. I'm going to go to all these prestige events to show the rest of the league on what New York is all about. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, and that's how I got all the way involved in all those different activities. So we we both, I mean, you got to play with them. We all know Melo very well, and all of us are sitting here looking at this situation. I mean, me and Darius, so I don't know how – I want to ask you how you feel about it. We, we sitting here looking at it like this is crazy that he even in this scenario. I want to know, you know what I'm saying, what do you think, you know what I'm saying, sitting there, you this somebody you want to battle with, who you know where his heart at, where his, you know what I'm saying, where his goals and his mind at, where he was about winning, and you see all of this foolishness coming out about him questioning and like the fact that he's not on a roster right now that's the most preposterous thing going on for me right now with that scenario what do you think about everything I mean you know Melo he want to just play basketball man you know you know how we do it we like to play basketball at a high level mm-hmm. and we're trying to put ourselves in a position to play at a high level by any means and so he's still trying to you know solidify that he still can play and he can Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't see how Melo's not on a team. He should, he can definitely be on a team, um, and he's willing to sacrifice playing time or positioning to be on a team. And not only on a team, he can help a team. He can That's help the a most team, ridiculous yeah. thing. You act like he he's can. All, he's an offensive juggernaut. He can score with the best of them still right now today, and he for sure deserves to be on the team, no question about it. Yeah, yeah man, I think it's just been – a disjustice has been doing, been done to him. It's so going far. around with a lot of guys, man. I mean, I've no, I noticed that too. Even with AI, last few years of his career, you know, they it was a similar situation. You know, what I'm saying where he knew he had a lot left in the tank, but even teams wasn't really willing to sign him. You know what I'm saying? And Melo got a lot left in the tank. I see him training all the time. He's in New York. He's and always hoping. He's always balling, keeping himself in shape, and he for sure, for sure can play in the league. No question. What team would you put him on? If you had to choose a team. Golden State. If I had to choose a team right now to put them on. That's what I would say. I would say Golden State. Uh, uh, it's a good question, man. I think at this point, at this point, any team, a lot of teams can use his, uh, his expertise. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? From, from a scoring standpoint. Yeah. Uh, Golden State is a high up-tempo team. It may, it, may, it may be a little bit too high up-tempo for Melo. Yeah. Um. Uh, but I also think uh, the Clippers, for one, would be kind of a solid team for him. Mm-hmm. I think Doc Rivers kind of have a, a, a firm idea on how he want to run his team. How he can get him going. He can get him going. Um, I would say the Lakers, but they got too many. Uh, they got too many guys in their roster. Too yeah. many. Too many superstars on their team already. Mm-hmm. So it'd be tough for him to fit in there. Big personalities. A lot yeah. of personalities on that team already. Um, but I think the Clippers will be a I solid I like them with the Clippers, especially with what you said with Doc, because I think that's the – to me, wherever he goes, he has to be on the one accord with the coach, and the coach has to be somebody who, who has Looking that rep that can, trying to get can deal. No, Miami won't be bad either. Spo and, and yeah. Pat. With Spo, you got, you got Jimmy Butler already there Jimmy. at the two spot. You bring Melo in there. You got two guys that can not only sell tickets, but they can also play high-level basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The rest of the guys got to fit in. Hassan Whiteside is going to Portland. Yeah. They got Bam at the five. I like Bam. They got some young boys that can get after it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Miami wouldn't be a bad spot either. 
And he gonna be in tippity top. Yeah, <laughs> you ain't gonna so be in Miami. Miami we're slow, we're slow, we're gonna keep you in top shape. Wait, yeah, yeah. yeah, no question. You know that. Oh, you know. I'm telling you, oh, <laughs> you know. body fat every Monday. Man, every Monday. Oh, baby, that thing changed how you live your life. You can't even go out right. You be like, hey, all right, boy, you done had about two, three of them now. You all right? Okay, this Saturday, right. Monday, you know what we gotta do. Facts. <laughs> so how was it, and what what? I mean, when you went to Israel to play, how how did that whole everything come together and come about? I was I was in New York with the Knicks, and a buddy of mine called me and said, "Hey, Amar, there's a team out in Israel." And this is when this is when like I went to visit Israel in 2010, I think it was mm-hmm. when I first signed with New York. Right. That summer I went to go, I went to Israel, got to visit, and then so when they found out about my roots and what I was studying. Then it became something more than what I wanted it to be, right? I wanted to keep it low. I was there to study and learn. Um, but it became something big. So what happened was a few years later, maybe a year and a half later, a buddy of mine called me and said, hey, Amar, there's a team out in Israel that's uh, up for auction. I'm like, what do you mean up for auction? He said, um, the previous owner, no one can find him. He's been gone for years. We're not sure where he is. <laughs> but the team is now up for auction within the government. And the bidding is somewhat low do you want to be a partner in it i'm like hey man giving back to israel why not he's like hey it won't be a money maker but hey if you you want to give back to israel you want to be a part of jerusalem the team is in jerusalem and you can you know you, you have opportunity to be a part of the ownership i was like cool so i got involved in it um i played like another four years in the nba and i wanted to somewhat go on this like a sabbatical trip and learn more i remember this so then that's when I went to Israel to play, and I played for Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and I was there learning ever since. That was dumb. Then you won a chip with them, too. Yeah, that, that was their that first, first one, right? Yep. Won, won a championship then. You know what I'm saying? Went and put all-star, on for the all-star city. All-star game, MVP, all that. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. Oh, but you got to tell me, what happened that had you start taking the wine baths, bruh? You know what, man? I was uh, that. Let me just say that blew me totally I away. Him. I see him. I said, "Hold up, bro! How much do that cost? This man just sw- just just oh, the taking wine, the wine bath. No, 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 it, it costs like costs like three hundred dollars, man, to get your wine bath. <laughs> and they got these spas in New York where you can go and like take the wine bath. You can take a wine bath. So let so so. How did you? Was this you like? Doing your culture, find if you like experiencing things, then you just no, you know it was a gift. It was a gift. Uh, it was a gift that someone gifted me. Only in New York. Only in New York. It was in New York. I got a, I got a gift. I got a gift from this, from this young lady, man, and she um, and she gave me this gift uh, for my birthday. Right. And it was a to go to this ancient spa, and you go there, and the gift was a wine bath. Mm. So you go there. And you check into your locker, and you go to the just like it's like a hot tub, mm-hmm. and it's full of wine and water, and you sit. It's like eighty percent wine, twenty percent water, and you sit there in the wine bath, and you just chill. They bring you a separate glass of wine. They bring some ice water. So you drinking mm-hmm. wine in the wine bath? I'm just sitting there vibing. Wine in the wine bath. <laughs> yeah, I'm just sitting there vibing. I, I say, you know, I don't take selfies. Let me go and get the selfie. Hey, look, yeah. look, look. <laughs> to the selfie. It came all the way from Florida to the, to the wine bath, boy. It, it went, went viral. viral. It went viral, bro. And ever since that point on, it's like everyone keeps asking me about the wine bath. But that's something that was a gift that I happened to just, you know what I'm saying? You just experiencing culture. Yeah. just living life in but New York City, you, enjoy, you enjoyed that experience. Yeah, it was great. Man, that's what but I do so, when I go so, back to New so York. So how did it, so what did it make you feel like? What what are the what, what are, are their the benefits or whatever yeah. you get from it? I mean, I was dehydrated. 
Because you in there, it's hot, you sweating, you know what I'm saying? You in this wine bath. So but, it's uh, a hot wine bath. It's hot. It's like okay. a hot. It's like a hot bath. Okay. Okay. And so you, you just yeah, you just sitting there and just chilling, man. You sit there for like thirty minutes or so, like a regular hot bath. You initially feel it, uh, um, dehydrated, and your body after you after you kind of rejuvenate, your body feels like you feel light. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you know you keep doing that over and over, you don't feel good. Who was that one player that? He was like, a, you know how you always got that plan is he always have a good game or or he it was something about him that he always had your number. Who was that one player that you used to play against that, that used to bring that to the table? Man, it was all it was two players. It was always Dirt Nowinski. I could never stop him. I mean, I, that, we it's like a game lead. of chess, man. Tricks. Take yours, take yours. We had to put tricks on him. We had to put tricks on him. Yeah, <laughs> tricks, hey, no. I couldn't check him, man. He was seven one with the fade, one leg fade. He ganged me in Phoenix. I, I tried to get into his body. I'm too strong to get into his body, so the refs call fouls on me quick. Call foul quick. Yeah, so yeah, I'm trying to get into his body. I'm too strong to get into his body, so the refs call fouls on me quick. Call foul quick. So I'm trying to chest bump Yeah, so I'm trying to figure out how to play him without getting fouls because the team need me not to be in foul trouble. But it was tough to figure that. Figured it out. Yeah, and Sean kind of had the like the Sean finesse had, game where he no, could play both. Big threes had to go at Dirk. Yeah, like, like uh, a basic power, power forward is hard for him because he really a three. Yeah, he exactly. Just Remember he yeah. gave me in the playoffs on the fadeaway. Pump fade fade. That step back one leg, my leg Stanky is six leg. five trying to do something. He can't do nothing with that. that. <laughs> can't do nothing with that. <laughs> I, I was Another player too that gave me problems was Andre Karolinko. Karolinko, AK-47. That was literally was so hard. for my entire career, that was my hardest matchup. Yeah. Me offensive, like, you know how I put people. He was my nightmare. Yeah. AK-47. He wouldn't stop moving. Whatever wingspan, bro. He wouldn't stop moving. He, he ran under every yeah. single time in Utah. Yeah, man, every time. I used to love his ass, though. I used to be going at his ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah him, but bro. defensively, like me guarding him, yeah. it's always like if I'm watching the ball, and trying to see if somebody he moved, coming at me. He's already <laughs> gone. So by the time they swing, I got to relocate. I rush out. He's at the basket. Right. It, was t- it was tough to keep up with him. Yeah. It was a hard matchup for me. Let me ask you this. Your duo, your, your, the best duo, you and Steve Nash, if you had to pick somebody else to be a duo, who's the best fit for you that you played with that you felt like, oh, we was clicking and we could have. Maybe been You mean good. like the second best yeah. after him and Steve? Yeah, after it ain't you and Steve. That I played with? Yeah, that you played with. Uh, Whether it's USA team or whoever. Whoever you just, you felt like, oh, it clicked with, I feel like that would have been a good duo. I mean, but, I mean, Raymond Felton and I had a good run mm. in New York. In New York. Yeah, I, I mean, and Ray was also in the same high school class. I was about to say, you rock with him heavy when yeah, y'all came to Jordan, too. Yeah, so so we had good chemistry in New York because we were learning each other. It's all about learning each other, man. Yeah. Like you know, like with Steve, Steve was an engine. Yeah. You feel me? He get the ball, and we and we got to keep up with him as far as the pace. Yeah. Everybody can do what they do. You know what I'm saying? I'm a finisher, cue a three-point shooter, Joe off the dribble. So once you got that formula figured out on what guys can do, then the point guard job is to get the yeah, ball right in the, in the position. Yeah, right. yeah. Me and Ray were starting to figure that part out the first half of New York. Mm-hmm. All right, cool, Ray. And was vibing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Kriel's y'all, had, y'all, y'all was hooping. Y'all was hooping. So, I mean, as far as USA games, I play with AI. I play with Braun. I play with, I play with a lot of great players. But to have a point guard who is not afraid to pass the ball 
first yeah. is always the best thing for all players on the court. I always look for point guard. Yeah. I feel like if I had a dope point guard to find me when it's time to find yeah. me, yeah. I'm going to be successful. Yeah, and the team going to be successful. Yeah. You're going to win. You're going to have fun winning. Yeah. With James Harden's success, did y'all want Nash to shoot the ball more? With James Harden's success? I mean, no. no I don't think Se- so. Seeing the success of James Harden in that system. No. And, like, you know how – you know, I like like in the playoffs they used to say like, man, Nash need to score more. Like, I, it was cool doing it all. Whenever season, they tried him, but he Nash need to score more. When they, yeah, I know yeah. y'all heard it before. Yeah, but. yeah, but when Nash, when see Nash, whenever he was open, he scored. He shot the ball. They, when they force yeah. his in, he you got know what I'm saying. They go unknown pick and rolls. He shoots it. Penetrate. The big stays with me on the pick and roll. He got like a 15-foot jumper. He on the floater it. or something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So he was always playing the game the way the game was supposed to be played. Yeah. yeah. You feel me? So everyone can say, all right, he should have shot more. But he was playing the game the right way. He was playing the game how it And <laughs> right. think about it like this, though. If he did shoot more, then we don't be what we were. Right. You feel me? Like him sacrificing whatever shots people might have wanted him to take and doing what he did – he allowed everybody else to blossom to their full potential, which made us better as a whole overall team. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. with that much talent and everybody trying to get out the block, like we had go-getters. Trick's trying to get another bag. He's still on his <laughs> rookie deal trying to establish himself as a boy in his league. Yeah. And he was like literally our best player, but he Trick's on the max. Me and Stevie just got paid. Yeah. Joe trying, him and Joe trying to get paid, but he got for real best player overall. Yeah. Tricks are Olympian, all of that, all star, max player. Yeah, you feel me? Like so, if it wasn't for Stevie coming in and handling things the way he did, he kept so much in check, bro. I'm telling you, Steve mm. used to do really just by did, the way man. he played. Right. That would that that eliminated so much that could have popped off that you see popping off on a lot of teams. Man, he take himself out and then. Just the way he was with us, bro. I was super right. shocked by that. Like, man, this boy, man, where we going tonight, guys? Like, oh, word. <laughs> word. Like, okay. Like, that yeah. made you embrace and bring him in. Like, boy, he one of us. Right. For real. Mm. So that's, that was part of y'all success, him him coming in. And, the camaraderie. The camaraderie, yeah. man. Hanging out with us like that. parties we had. Remember my birthday party at my crib, though? Yeah. Hey, when we fly. bust people with, bro. <laughs> it was stupid. Bus Crazy, in like stupid buses from LA coming to Phoenix, bro. Facts. <laughs> it was crazy. Crazy. We had a ball, man. We had a we ball. Used to, I'm talking. We used to for real get in and tricks. We Uncle barbecuing all the time. Yep. We over his house. Like it yep. was every time. It was yep. always. Then we got an OG Jim Jack come to the thing. Like we yep. had. A, we had one of the coolest squads, bro. Like think about it. Jake Voshku was super cool. Right. Even Casey Jacobson, super sure. cool. Sure, we had sure, all sure. cool like the whole time, bro. What was my man name? The first ever Japanese player, Yasu, yeah, yeah, Yasu yeah, yeah. To, uh yeah, something. Yeah, I remember him. He was super cool. Right. Man, we had, we had good was, vibes, man. Yeah, man. And that was all in one year, bro. Right, that's hey, bro, crazy. I remember Steve that's Nash crazy hitting me when that. they traded. Steve Nash was at Mike like Finley's wedding. Than that. Yeah, man. Steve Nash was <laughs> one year. Bro, Steve Nash was at Mike Finley's wedding. Called me from the bar like at the reception like, what the hell is going on? That's when I first got traded. He called me like, bro, I don't like what the hell is going on. I'm trying. He trying to call everybody, figure out like just like you said. Nobody they ain't say nothing. They started pulling triggers, making yeah, moves. They traded like, me. Like we went into the we after our after our enemies, everything was told us the top priority was to sign Joe, and we coming back going to take another stab at it. We go home. Whenever that thing started, I was the first chip. I got traded. 
Then they signed Rajah Bell, and Joe was like, what? Like, how you going to sign any wing before me? He was done right there. Like, right. y'all tripping. Right. Like, they still talking about we going to, nah, then they told him to go get his own market and show it that he oh, Joe went and got that bag. He's still 88. <laughs> <laughs> and then became a six-time All-Star. Man, went on to get 120-something. <laughs> After that, you like, hear, come on, man. Like, he was with us. Y'all completely yeah. tripped. Y'all could have him for 36. Like, then they got rid of Sean. Then they let me go. And then they ain't made the playoff since. Mm. You hear me? They so ain't made the playoff since. For, for all of our, because we got, I'm telling you, we got hardcore fans for that 0405. You see, we the team they put on 2K yep. and all of the retro greatest teams stuff. Like, for the fans. Because I tell people this all the time when I get it. Anytime any of us get back together, we all talk about that and how we wish we would have had another run at it. Yeah, man. I mean. We would do. Just think how some of these teams had two, three shots at If we had that original five for two, three, four, and we would have got us two rings. No bro. question. Ain't no question about it. We was we already about right there. We would have got us two rings, bro, at least. Uh, we ain't had no second shot at it. We could have came back the next year and had adjustments. Like, look, we could have posted Tony. Yeah, I got a better bench. Engine. Man, yeah, all of that sure. we could have made it. Man, bro. Yeah, it's crazy, And I'm talking man. about years later, bro. I swear, when I was working for the Pistons, I was working for the Pistons. This when Tony had first got back in the league. He was like a special assistant or something with, the, with Philly. When he first got back, and right. um, we sat on the sideline, and he, and he was sitting there. He was like, I let him pressure me. He like, I screwed that up. I let him pressure me into thinking that we needed a big. Because remember, they traded me for Kurt Thomas. Right. <laughs> they traded me for, and that's Man. no disrespect to Kurt, but that wasn't our team. That, that wasn't, wasn't that our was, team. That wasn't what we were doing. No, Kurt's going to pick and pop. Slow yeah, pick. Slow. Hard, firm he pick. Hit that 15-footer. He he's going to hit that 15-footer. And Kurt <laughs> was a great dude, great vet, great OG, no, he was great, great locker room. Yeah, but yeah, like, no it, wasn't, it wasn't what we were. And y'all went and tweaked this and tweaked that then. Rajah, great player, great wing, great defender, everything. He ain't Joe Johnson, though. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it ain't no disrespect to him and nobody else, but it's just like. It's not Joe Johnson. That man went on to be a six-time <laughs> no, All-Star and made 200, over 200 million. Like, he's not a Joe Johnson. Not Joe that's Joe not Joe disrespectful. That's and just as a basketball fact. guy, we know that. If that's you could what I'm just, just talk to us guy. about it. Yeah. That's not disrespectful. You know what I'm saying? We could have handled that properly. Like, listen, keep Q. We keep Joe. Let's build our bench strong and let's get back That's at it. Yeah, we still had Leandro. Leandro was young. He yeah. was just getting to well, where he got nice to. Right. He was nice on the bench for y'all. They didn't give us our. They didn't, man, bro. I swear. That was the one thing, bro. You remember that house I was building? Right. I was sick. I that, was, that hurt me more than getting traded, oh, man, boy. That was a modern futuristic house, too, boy. Everything was. bitch had a river. Yeah. I had a lazy river. Two different pools. Yeah, river going around this one. Let's not talk about it. You got a river in your backyard. Just, just man-made real. I'm trying to be like Omar. I'm trying to live and experience. How many times? Look, bro. I'm trying to look. You can drive. Remember, we could drive a coach bus through my front door. I said, I'm talking. About it was that big, bro. You could drive a real coach bus through the front door. Come on, man. You playing in the big three? If you had to pick two other players to make your big three, all time, whoever, who would you pick? Anybody you want. I mean, like a big three team or mm -hmm. on my on with a me. A big three team, but you can pick anybody you want that play basketball. Man, and they prime. Yeah, and whenever, whenever and you they want, the greatest, whatever. Ooh, I mean. I'm going with the GOAT for sure. You got to go with MJ. You know who that is. <laughs> I'm like, man, you ain't had to say his name. I'm going with Mike Joy, no question. I mean, you know, for those silly people out there, them internet trolls yeah, to be yeah, talking yeah. that foolishness, yeah, we'll yeah. clarify for y'all. We'll clarify for For em. future references on this Knuckleheads podcast, if we ever mention him, MJ, the GOAT, 
the best, the greatest. We ain't Jilla. talking about nobody but but Michael Jeffrey Michael Jordan. Jordan, baby. That's, that's it. it. That's no question. No, don't get it misconstrued. No we don't want to do this every time. <laughs> Michael Jordan. Go ahead. Mike um, Jordan. I'm bringing, I, I got to have Shaq. <laughs> told you. That's two Shaq of the ones too. I said. Right there. Go ahead. I want to hit the third. <laughs> got to get Shaq. And then my third, I will have to probably go with Tougher. I need a playmaker. I need like a point guard. If I don't go with Nash, I got to go with I'm going to go with probably Steph Curry. Mm. Okay. That's what I see. I went with a warrior too. I went I went MJ, Shaq, and KD. Okay. I ain't want no point guard. We don't, want to yeah. we don't need point guard. Yeah. You see how we play. We play big boy ball. Yeah, it is. It is. It so, is. But I'm not mad at the at the stuff because you I mean you verified you wanted a point guard. So gotta I'm, get not, a PG. Not, I'm not mad at that. If you had to start bench, bench or, cut. or cut somebody, I mean cut one of these people, who would it be? Uh Tim Duncan. The same three. KG. Dirk. And Dirk. You got to start one, bench one, and cut the other. Yeah. From I know. St- watch this. This is going to be different than baby. I know why. I'm starting one, I'm starting KG. If I had to cut one, sheesh. <laughs> Try to cut one. Mm. I'm cutting Dirk. Mm. If I had to bench one, I'm benching Tim, TD. See, Tim Duncan. See, I was trying to. I was trying to. Oh, that's somebody. tough. <laughs> that's I tough. That, I knew that was the, the reason why I start. The reason why I'm starting KG because he's also a defensive player on the wing. Yeah. Tim is a good defensive player around the basket. Yeah. But he he don't even that, jump, but he, he blocks shots. You had way yeah. with him going around him though. You can go around him. Yeah. KG. He yeah, always he, he, he move a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he got offensive threat. Yeah. Yeah. Dirk, there's no defense. Dirk don't play. Dirk didn't play any defense at all. At all. So they were hide, Dallas would hide him mm-hmm. defensively. He they never would, guarded him. Dan Peter, yeah. all these other people. They always hide Dirk. Yeah. And you would never hear about Dirk can't play defense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But he was all. He you always hide Dirk. So I would have to, I would have to probably cut Dirk from that standpoint. Offensively, yeah. he was a problem. I mean, he's he's one of the all time greats. Uh, you can't you can't guard him. Yeah. Trail three, post up, fade away. All that. Yeah. But Timmy D was also a good offensive player and he's a good defensive player as well. Yeah. So I would have to KG start, bench Tim Duncan, and cut Dirk. You feel so, me? So, so is it safe to say that the the that Sun season that y'all had, the first, the original Sun season is like the most fun you've had in a season your whole Oh yeah, no question. Far yeah. far as basketball wise, basketball, yeah. and even off the court, I had, I had, you know what I'm saying yeah. for sure. Nah, we like really, just this season, we really kicked yeah. it, bro. I'm telling you, people yeah. don't understand. We really had that. Really Man, we went into squad, us bro. having a good time together, bro. And we were just getting started. Was, I was 20. I was like in my early 20s. Yeah. Everybody was young. Everybody was young, man. Coming off my rookie deal, that was the first signing off my rookie deal. So I was definitely a young boy. Crazy. So, so talk about now. Like right now, you definitely one of our dudes in the league that you know what I'm saying should be in the NBA. Even from last year to this year, I feel like 
you went out and you got yourself in way better condition. You 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 know what I'm saying? Your body ain't never been a problem as far as like, you know what I'm saying, weight on, but you you know what I'm saying, you always look but I just feel like the way you moving, your agility, what you was talking about and stuff, you doing with your knees and everything, you look way more fresh, more springy, banging on people, you know what I'm saying? So how has that how has the big three been for you as far as like playing and, and, and what do you look forward to as far as your opportunity with the NBA and you know we know you don't need it but it's something that you know that that you belong so you should be able to take that that step and go out there as far as the NBA is concerned I think it's more so about a lot of the NBA teams are going young right yeah and so they they are uh, there's so many new GMs so many analytics and all these things taking place now to where like the game is somewhat changing in that in that yeah. fashion they don't want to have a veteran in their locker room. They rather have yeah. a young this, dude in the locker this, room. This yeah. is my this is my take on it, and I get it, right? I get it. They they want young guys. They want this and that, and it's you know they they softer on the cap. They they cheaper. My thing is they need to lower the vet minimum because the NBA's vets are now 24, 25, 26 years old. You got, not you got the kids telling the kids what's going yeah. on. They don't like they don't got a Kurt Thomas. They don't got a Rasheed Wallace. They don't got a Sean Rooks. They don't got a Derek Strong. They don't got right. like a real they don't got a UD. UD the last one left. Right. They don't got these dudes who are really gatekeepers who can really yeah. vince, you know what I'm saying, who can really like, you know what Lead I'm saying? Lead by example, showing them village. how to train. Yeah, be part of that village that right. we had that, that you're trying to show you. Like, I'm telling right. you, these teams need that. Right. Everything going too young and they looking why crazy stuff out because you got the young boys leading the young boys. Yeah. And there's yeah. no disrespect to them because they don't know no better. They learning on their first trying. They, you know what I'm saying, figuring stuff out as they go trying to do the best they can right. with a boatload of money in their hand. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, and it's a lot, it's a lot, it's a lot they need to learn, not only from basketball, but how to train. How to be on time for things. How, how to eat right. How to eat properly. How to take care of yourself off the court. All those little attributes they got to learn. It's tough for, like you were saying, like, you know, 25 is your vet. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's not your vet. He's, he's really just like a, a he's, he's only been in the league maybe five years, six years. They're not a vet. I think a 10-year guy is your vet. 10-year plus is your vets. Right. Yeah. These guys ain't been in the league 10 years. They've been in the league five, yeah, seven years. At least years. eight years. At least, that's at least why play I into two, three contracts. That's why I'm talking about you That's why I can learn that off and salute a boy like D-Wade, what he doing right now with the invite. You see, he had like that's 20 dope. of the kids, young yeah. boys, all of these boys. He that's bringing dope. them in yeah. to, to L.A., to the, to the facility. Now, he's showing them top to bottom. What it takes. How to work, right. how to train, how to prepare, yeah. how to how to how to uh, rehab, how right. to after you take care of your body, they got the normal tests, they got yeah. people there massaging, cupping, they got all this. He's showing them, he's he's giving them the tools right. so that they could go forward and do what he did and, and exactly. the stuff he learned. That's what players need. Right. Yeah. And he's doing it on his own accord. And but it like should be players coming. More players should be coming every yeah. year. Yeah. You, need those you know somebody who, in the NBA. That's yeah. what I'm saying. On NBA teams, it's like on a daily basis. This ain't yeah. just a, a week yeah. or something. This was a week. That only lasted yeah. a week. Right. And it's awesome that D-Wade yeah. did that. He's not even playing no more. He right. Oh, no, that's, that's definitely dope. Being who he is, I the seen great something. guy he is, and still paying it forward and sharing his gifts. Sure. But he ain't like that. Like you just said, it should be somebody like that on almost every team. Yeah. But they didn't phase that Players, out, and the league is being hurt by that. Yeah. That's not, you know what I'm saying? Because you, when you got people like a D Wade, like minded people that's trying to pour into them and pay it for, like the ones that did for us, that ain't going to do nothing but help build the, you know what I'm saying, your brand. Okay, You're yeah, going to have sure, less yeah. idiotic things happening on social media right. and in the news. Period. Yeah. Who the best coach you ever played for? 
The best coach I ever played for? Oh, man. I mean, offensively, Mike D'Antonio, no question. Mm-hmm. Defense, we didn't really discuss defense hardly at all in practices. <laughs> they scored, we take the ball out quick, we score on them. Yeah, we all that scored was our defense. We're going to score on you. We're going to score you. Um, I did like the way Phil Jackson was orchestrating the offense. I was actually enjoying the triangle offense mm-hmm. because it allows you to be able to score from anywhere on the basketball anywhere court. The court. If you're an all-around player, you can score from anywhere on the basketball court. And it's all predicated upon ball movement. Ball movement. Yeah, and so I was like, cuts and all this. Stuff. Yeah, ba- yeah, it's just fundamental basketball. So I was actually enjoying the regime under Phil Jackson, um, but Phil wasn't a coach. I mean, Derek Fisher was a coach at the time. Yeah. But I think my favorite coach that I played for was probably Mike D'Antoni. If you had to pick one, what what would be? Your favorite Steve Nash story? Cause I got I got a great one, but I got I can't share it till I till we actually have him sitting on here. I can't share it till then. Oh man, my favorite Steve Nash story. So we coming for you, Steve. I know we didn't talk, but you know you know we gonna do this. Uh, my favorite Nash story is probably when we was getting up for the dunk contest. Mm. I remember this, and I was in the gym. <laughs> Going through all my dunks, right? 360 windmill between the legs. I was going through all my dunks. Now with the Steve, I say, Steve, man, maybe you can do one of your soccer tricks. <laughs> kick it off the backboard or kick it off your head or something like that and see if I can catch it in windmill or 360 or something like that. And so Nash like, all right, well, let me work on something. So he full court, boop, off the foot, both feet, knee, elbow, all that, chest, back, <laughs> everything. And... Uh, <laughs> he threw it up. He threw it up one time for me in the practice. And I caught it and bam. Oh. So I right, bet that's what we're gonna do. So we get we get we get to the All Star game. <laughs> we get to the we get to the All Star game and we got the little warmers before um before the dunk contest. And so we I'm not trying to show anybody what we got planned, so I'm just going through the motion. And it happened kind of spontaneously on the court once we got in the dunk contest. Yeah. And when Naz kicked it off the backboard, I caught a windmill that was like one of my favorite moments for Steve and I. Straight up. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to pick him up and do a dance with him. Right. <laughs> you know, I was so caught up in the moment of just the dunk contest, and it was like it was, yeah. it was one of those great moments for me and Nash, man, one of my favorite stories. Straight up. I remember when I was practicing that, dog. I'm sitting here. We used to all be amazed at Stevie Ho's soccer yeah. game. Like, Stevie, people don't know. Remember Steve used to go get on the ice at, when the ice would be down at, uh, at, in Phoenix for he'd go out yeah. there. Yeah, Coach would be pissed. Steve out there going full court. <laughs> <hit Man>. <laughs> he was crazy, dog. Yeah. Steve was cold at, at soccer. And hockey, like what yeah. he said, Steve would go up the whole court, hitting it off his knee, hitting off his knee, dropping to his foot, kicking it, kicking yeah. it, kicking it. Then yeah. he booted that thing up to him. And he, oh, I'm sitting there, all of us just sitting there watching, like this dude is really just do, 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 do. Yeah, easy. Trying to back kick it, back kick it. He going, in. I say, man, this dude crazy talented, crazy. That's that Canadian South African side of him because you know, how he used grew to up get on that boat. How he used to get on that ball with all them bands on him. Yeah. That boy yeah, would jump on the training. ball like a spider monkey, boy. Like, I'm talking about <laughs> on the little, the BOSU balls, bro. Man, bro, Steve, you come to the gym. Steve, you got a puddle of sweat, bands on him. He ain't doing nothing but moves. Because he had that back injury. Yeah, he, he used to to keep that back straight, boy. Yeah. That boy used to go crazy on that stuff. And he yeah. used to be cut up. Steve was like, we used to call him Wolverine. Steve bro. was always ripped, man. <laughs> so he was chopped. Yeah. Chopped. <laughs> always in shape. Always, always, always running. Steve Nash was chopped like that. Could run yeah, forever. Yeah. 
Yeah, he had to because that back man he had to keep his core tight. All I remember Steve Nance out there throwing them dimes and kept on putting his hair behind his head. Throwing that shit full court, <laughs> drop the ball and get to the free throw line, hit with that one. Wow, 90%. <laughs> 90% from the line. 90%. So, man, yeah, man, we definitely want to, you know what I'm saying, show love to my big dog, Stizzle. Yes, Pizzle. sir. Appreciate the Coming fellas. out, showing love to yeah, Knuckleheads, man. For sure, man. You know, we got this We got this special Hennessy VSOP. Very oh, yeah. special privilege with the special edition Knuckleheads. Oh, yeah. Say no more. Put on there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, man? Say no more. I'm in there. This was all fire right here. We got my dog Stizzle, Stat. You know what I'm saying? The yeah, building buddy. with the boys. To all the Knucklehead fans, much love, much love. We appreciate the support and all the, all the love we've been getting. Don't forget to check us out and subscribe and download on Apple, iTunes, or Spotify, wherever you check out podcasts, wherever they're available. We out here. Download, continue to support. Get at us. Yak. The Players Tribune.com.